0: About them Irish.
1: I can't take it anymore. I need national championship.
2: This is the four horsemen podcast.
1: welcome back to the four horsemen podcast we are coming off of a fantastic 44 to nothing victory of the notre dame fighting irish destroying the boston college eagles uh in south bend indiana and they did in fact win the frank Leahy ireland trophy and speaking of ireland we have a special guest returning to us from the shire dylan welcome back buddy we've missed you
0: There was no way on God's green earth that I was missing SC Week for anything. So I'm happy to be back, guys. Thanks for holding down the fort. We've been treading water in a massive
1: ocean for a very long time. So thank you for giving us a life raft and joining us back on the show. Um, So today's uh, P, actually, you know what? I'm going to turn over to you. I'm going to let you outline the show for the listeners, and and we'll get right into it.
2: All right. Well, this week we are... We have a lot to talk about. There's some awards that we have to speak about. There's a game that we have to discuss. Another game that we have to review. And then we have to find out what Dylan's been doing in Ireland for the last three months. Uh, So we'll talk about that as well. Uh, So just, just hopping right in. This is the Four Horsemen Podcast. We are back. Dylan is back. And it's USC week. A wild, bumpy road got us to this point, and before we get into that, there's some things that we have to talk about. So, to everyone's pleasure, we'll be starting with the most anticipated segment on the podcast, the two-minute drum. Steve, you have the ball to go first. All right. All right. Three, dos, uno.
1: Hit it. All right. so what's upsetting to me this week is the fact that it took until about three and a half minutes ago, while I was just searching on Facebook randomly, for me to come across a clip of the Notre Dame football players having a snowball fight after the game. That's a really awesome clip, and why is it not out on more social media? I'm obviously going to put it up there for everyone on Twitter to see, but... Really upsetting that it didn't come across my timeline before just now. 30 seconds, bam, I'm good. That was after a practice.
2: That was offensive line, just FYI. Shut up. <laughs> Dylan's missed our banter. Uh, so I'll, I'll give Dylan a little bit of time to think. Mine's quick. I just wanted to congratulate John Sot on being named. on the Ray Guy shortlist. He's one of the semifinalists for the Ray Guy Award. Uh, Goes to the best punter in the nation. We know he's the best punter in the nation. Uh, The real cool thing about that was my tweet uh, was included on his uh, montage. And I fired that off in a Chinese food restaurant on Long Island uh, while I was having dinner with my wife and her family. Uh, She hit me on the leg and said, stop tweeting at the dinner table. I said, okay. But then it made the Notre Dame official page today. So a little little bit of patting myself on the back, but mostly patting John on the back because he is the best punter in the nation. Uh, and we'll prove it when the award season comes around. So shout out, John. And the Broyles Award should have had Brian Mesa as a semifinalist, And that's my
0: rant. All right, my turn. Um, you guys know I care about college football lore and where we rank and fit in all of it. So one thing I absolutely hate right now is that the three Heisman candidates that are leading for the trophy is Caleb Williams, quarterback for USC, CJ Stroud, a quarterback for Ohio State, and then Blake Corum, the running back for Michigan. Three programs I can't stand, two of which have tied us for seven Heismans. I mean, depending on not you count Reggie Bush. Um, and that would then put them ahead of us all time, so I don't want that from a historical spe- perspective, and I fucking hate Michigan, so I, I don't like it, I don't like where we stand here I'm hoping that we destroy USC, I hope Ohio State and Michigan end in a meteor and uh, and then Max Duggan can win the Heisman in at TCU, so there we go, that's with my TCU. rant
2: not Drake yeah. May? not Drake May from UNC?
0: I will take whoever, I don't care just not one of those three <laughs> I love game, it game
2: ends in meteor so that that's a, a wild array from snowball fights to punting awards to meteors end in games uh let's get into bc that was a football game for the first half and then the second half was a blizzard uh what are your general thoughts on that game fellas
0: Um, I loved it. The fellas in general. Um, what a win. I mean, Boston College in November is usually terrifying, um, but not that week. Um, look, Notre Dame was firing on all cylinders. The defense was amazing. The offense was having its way. Pressive game. I mean, they did their job. And I think you're seeing this team really come into their own in Marcus Freeman's tenure. I think the Navy game was an anomaly. I- I'm not putting too much stock into it. Navy is like a free week. You can do whatever. I don't really care. Uh, so basically we Clemson and then BC, you're really building on these two strong games. And I think the team is really dangerous right now. And I think everybody sees that. And I think the Trojans are gonna feel that.
1: For sure. It it has to feel like Notre Dame is the best three loss team in the country, which is what they're currently rated as, right? Like this is a this is a team on fire. So yeah. Once again, you know, we're we're all very acutely aware of the, uh, the missteps that had happened in you know, the prior weeks of the season, but we're looking at winning eight out of the last nine games, uh, is, is what it comes down to. And, uh, you know, one over a top five opponent with the opportunity to do it again. So, um, in, in that first half, I mean, just basically just take the first half stats. You had drew pine throw for, for a, about 130 yards in, in, in the first half, give or take. Uh, and then the guys were rushing for somewhere in the neighborhood of like 150, almost 200 yards in the first half. So he, they were up what 37 to nothing by that point. It was completely and totally dominant. Second half, that's just all weather. Um, so you know, I'm not going to look too much into the uh, the low yardage on Pine um, on on the full game, especially with you know wind and conditions and all that sort of stuff. He did perfectly fine. He uh, he actually spread the ball out a lot more than I expected. And the offensive line is is getting to a point where they're actually terrifying. They are really pushing people off the ball. Like, if we just had this the first game of the season, man, we're looking at a total, like, we're probably 12-0. So that's what's the, the frustrating part. But, hey, everything's clicking at the right moment. And, and Dylan, like you said, it's it's definitely putting the Trojans on watch this weekend.
2: And, you know, with the game, you have the record for Foskey. It uh, was, was the only tackle of the day, actually. Uh, Kaiser and Leifau and Jalen Snead all played very well. Uh, Estimate did Tyree, the three-headed monster in the backfield, all played well. Matt Salerno even played well on senior day. The, but the thing that most impressed me uh, was be- Benjamin Morrison. He's a freshman, and he, he's a stud. Uh, and Zay Flowers, who's supposed to be this world beater, had three catches for 46 yards, and... I mean, the quarterback was inept. He he couldn't really throw the ball at, at all. Uh, but really, overall, it was just a beatdown offensively, defensively, even in the special teams. Uh, it was just it was just great. Uh, we do have to talk about the elephant in the room: uh, the former Notre Dame backup to Ian Book, uh, Phil Chukovic, uh showed that Boston College education with a run-on paragraph that made no sense saying that Notre Dame culturally appropriates the dropkick Murphys. Uh, so it was ridiculous. You saw my thoughts on Twitter. I know you two don't agree with how how I went about it, but uh, was he trying to fire up the team? Was he trying to fire himself up for being cold? Why, why do you think he did that? Like It doesn't make any sense.
0: What what I don't get was, I, I didn't know if he was joking or not. Like when he gets to that second paragraph, I was like, oh, if he's joking, this is okay, like whatever. But if he's being serious, I just, I don't get it. Uh, I don't know, his first paragraph was nice. You know, he made it clear that he loved Notre Dame and it's, you know, it's not some kind of personal hatred that some in the media try to make it seem to be. But it was a weird, weird post, especially for a guy who wasn't playing in the game. <laughs> it's like, what what are you doing?
2: So you know how sometimes we'll start talking and then we're just hoping that we find the end point eventually in our conversations it happens a lot on here uh, that's what he did like he just wrote that second paragraph he didn't know where he was going with that second paragraph and <laughs> i don't i don't get it it was just it was probably the most you know simplest what- thing that happened this year
0: You know, he actually was ranting about something that, like whether he was serious or not, there was something to to point out because he was saying the Dropkick Murphys did the Boston College fight song. So, like that's that's our band. Well, what they don't realize is the Dropkick Murphys have also covered the Notre Dame victory march. You can check it out on Spotify or iTunes or you know whatever whatever you're listening to. Uh, The Dropkick Murphys have done the Notre Dame victory march, and I'm pretty sure the Dropkick Murphys are probably Notre Dame fans. So maybe you should be
2: quiet on that one it it was just an over i had to talk about it he's ridiculous and i just thought it was a perfect way to usher the game in with the just riling up a fan base that didn't already have to be riled up so i hope caleb williams says something this week or uh whatever that
1: oh please give me all the bulletin board material i just want
2: something he won't say anything because he he's smart enough not to. But Jordan Addison might. You know, Pittsburgh guys aren't very smart when it comes to having to deal with the Irish. So uh, that's where we're at there.
0: And the smart ones usually decommit and then flip to the Irish.
2: Oh, so, <laughs> look at that segue. Speaking of that, there's some buzz out there that Kenny Minchie has decommitted from Pitt to sign with the Irish. As of this recording, he has not yet. Uh, but a uh, quick little recruiting talk. What do we think about that?
0: I think he's a stud. I mean, I said on this, we did a recruiting show in the summer and I said, I think Kenny Minchie's the most underrated quarterback in the class. Um, he measured six, two two hundred and fifteen 215 pounds, um, I know for some reason that matters because we currently have a quarterback who's about five foot six, and fans really want a tall one. Um, but he's so poised in the in the pocket. He's got great pocket awareness. He's super accurate. I'm a real big fan of Kenny Menji. So I think that would be a great pickup for Notre Dame if they do get him. And then you got CJ. Carr coming afterwards. So you've kind of rebuilt that quarterback room right like that.
1: Yeah, that's the thing because as as you see with Buckner, like, no matter how highly we touted him, and and you know, no matter no matter how great he is coming out of high school, all it takes is one sweeping run to the outside where you land on your shoulder, and all of a sudden you're you're down to your back up real quick. And if Pine gets injured, God forbid, like we're in we're in <laughs> we're up the creek without a paddle, effectively. So uh, depth. Depth, man. I mean, that basically puts three guys on the depth chart, potentially four guys on the depth chart starting next year that are all going to be qualified to step foot in a game if something were to go wrong. Assuming that, you know, Pine and Buckner come back, Minchie comes in and then you have Angelli as well. So uh, and then, you know, again, more help down the line. So there's going to be plenty of opportunity to kind of fill up that QB room and let everybody battle it out. And Kenny Minchie, if you look at his highlights, he makes everything just look effortless and it's the guys that do things effortless, effortlessly got caught up in that one uh, <laughs> that's those are the guys that tend to be just those game breakers they're elite because they just see the game at a different speed when they can just be so fluid with their motion and i think that's uh, that's the potential that that Kenny Minchie would bring should the uh, the irish you know bring him home
2: well said well said. I don't think we have to talk about more about BC. Um, just real quick on another team uh, who ND did play. Uh, I think the Irish broke Syracuse. They're they're completely an inept organization right now. They played BC this week, and they very well might lose that game as well. Uh, so they've it, lost five straight games. It's. I don't think it was Clemson that broke them. I honestly think Notre Dame broke them. Uh, so. I mean, they have had a tough schedule, though,
1: because after us, they had Pitt. I mean, they should have beaten Pitt, but then they were against Florida State and then Wake Forest. I mean, they didn't exactly have many favors at that point, you know?
2: Still, uh, that's what the Uber driver gets, the Uber Eats driver gets for stealing my food. Uh, So I just (laughs) had to put that out there. The Curse of P-Wagon might be on Syracuse. Uh, So we're done with BC. We can talk about USC. Uh, There's a lot to talk about there. Mm -hmm. Before we get there, does anyone have any last parting words about the Boston College Eagles?
0: Yeah, more so about a player in that game. Uh, How about Benjamin Morrison? Um, and specifically how nice it is to have a corner who turns his head around when the balls in the air uh, what a the, the, one of those interceptions was beautifully played he got his head around made a play on the ball it's so nice I feel like we missed that I feel like a corner in the last few years is uh, some, turning your head around and getting those balls that are there to be intercepted so absolutely love that this kid is is dynamite um, you saw Jalen Sneed play well as in the second half, too. The, Look, there's a lot of good players coming up the pipeline, so I'm feeling good. Um, Boston College is whatever, and we're moving on to SC. Fully endorsed. And
2: before we get there, we do have a mailbag to get into quickly. Uh, there, there weren't very many questions here. The the good and the bad of having a lot of followers is that a lot of people will respond to stuff and I lose my mailbag. Uh, so just quickly from our friend Tim, uh, ask a Canadian, what do you do for Thanksgiving as a Canadian in Ireland? So what did you do for Canadian Thanksgiving in Ireland?
0: That's actually a great question. Um... So, Canadian Thanksgiving is in October, and I don't know any other Canadians here, so I did nothing, and it was really sad. Um, but I have a lot of American friends, and they're doing something for Thanksgiving, I think, Thursday. So, I might tag along and just pretend to be one of you guys for this week. So, um, ordering food is what I did, and hopefully stealing American Thanksgiving.
2: We'll allow it. Uh, now, this is from Please Reggie's Regison has four questions. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Never seen Die Hard, couldn't tell you.
0: It absolutely is for me. It's my favorite one. I'm going to go with no.
2: Okay, now we got rival questions here. Which ND rival do you hate the most and why? Michigan.
0: Michigan. Michigan. And I think we all know (laughs) why.
2: Do you have an hour to talk about it?
0: Uh, Yeah, it's a separate podcast.
2: What team outside of ND's rivals do you hate the most and why?
0: Uh, Alabama, just because they've been winning so much. But if not, I would say Ohio State. Do we define Clemson as a rival or no? No, not yet. Not yet, but it's building to be one. Then Clemson.
1: Um, yeah, Ohio State's
0: such a good one. Uh, I feel
1: like there's a couple of more SEC teams I could probably throw in there. Not get, I'm getting very sick of Texas a and m shit as well, but yeah, I, I think it's probably going to be ohio state. they were they're just detestable.
2: If you could create a rivalry between Notre Dame and another school, who would it be, and why?
0: That's a tough one. That's. I feel like we have a rivalry with every school. Um, what, like, what are the factors you guys are thinking for your answer here? Because I, I, can't. Like, I could say Ohio State, but I don't want to play them. Like, I don't like them. So, Nebraska, maybe. I like Nebraska. Great. Written back, Nebraska, or even Miami. Or, uh, well, Miami, I think, is a rivalry. That's why I wouldn't. I see. I would have said Miami. Yeah. Otherwise.
1: Miami would have been my answer, but I already factored them in as a rival.
0: What about Minnesota? I don't mind the golfers. They got they got some history.
1: I would be cool with Minnesota, um, but uh, what's factoring into my decision is what would be a cool place for us to have a trip to go to like a good experience and for me it's going to land in happy valley i think if if there were an official penn state mm-hmm. notre dame like that would be something appropriate because again both were independent for the longest time obviously mm-hmm. uh, you know penn state going over into the big 10 so uh, I, I think that'd be really
0: interesting you, uh, I was about to say that because I don't know if we count Penn State. I don't think we do. They count us kind of as a rival because we had a, a few games back in the 80s. So I was going to say if Penn State doesn't count as a rival, I would definitely take that because Happy Valley would be, I think, a great place to go. Um, can I say, like, Boston College or Purdue or – Boston yeah. College and Purdue are rivals. <laughs> in Maybe yeah, in Indiana.
2: Just, just loop in all the Indiana schools. Uh, why not? And then, my destination would be Arizona State. Just throw them on arrival, go to Scottsdale. I, hang out. I did think of that.
1: Yeah about, well, is there there has to be one one more place that would be cool. Florida State, Florida State as an official. How about Not Washington?
0: That. that would be I, lovely.
2: I've been watching a lot of washington football. i I would love to sailgate. They just have boats and they Get drunk on boats before they go into the game. Yeah, because so,
1: uh, they're, they're what on the other side of the harbor of Seattle, right? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Washington State, I Wazoo mm-hmm. is fine, too. I it's mean, Oregon Washington State. is like more so on the water, so
2: that just makes it a little bit more, you know, yeah, cool yeah. for me. Now we can just keep talking ge- geography, but you know, for the sake of the podcast, uh, we're not <laughs> going to. Maybe McGill in uh <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. or Johnson
1: Wheel University.
0: Yeah,
2: I I won't say I won't say where (laughs) I'm. Well, no, no, no.
0: For for Chicago, Joe, we should also mention the University of Chicago. Yes,
2: we still we still need to beat them. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, we're all in two (laughs) teams that we uh, have beaten before. Uh, It's USC week. We don't capitalize them. We don't give them the respect that they don't deserve. Uh, So we're going to go through everything here. And I'm not sure if you've listened to us. If you have, thank you. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to do a quick overview. We play a game during this time as well. The competitor overview, uh, Lincoln Riley head coach, first year as a head coach. We all know he left, uh, Oklahoma to go to LA because a lot of people do that. The, I believe the girl from the big bang did that. Uh, they are known as the Trojans traveler. The white horse is their official mascot. They play in the LA Memorial Coliseum and Steve and Dylan guess the enrollment of USC.
0: It's a private school, but it's in L.A. I uh, would say 50,000. I was going to say 32.
2: 49,318. Bang. Established awesome. in 1880. They play in the Pac-12. Not for long. They might be going to the Big, Big Ten. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
2: They won 11 national championships. They are 36, 48, and 5 against Notre Dame. <laughs> and the people who went there. These are people I've picked out who are notable. Rob Kardashian. <laughs> For fuck's sake. LeVar Burden. He was the host of Reading Rainbow. Mark McGrath, the frontman of Sugar Ray. Uh, let's see what else. The guy who created the universal recycling symbol. And most we importantly gonna- of them all, last one the creator of the boogie board tom mori and no one else, are we, are no one else is important who went to usc
0: right no famous comedians who did some pretty good movies in the mid 2000s
2: we don't recognize will farrell as an official <laughs> usc graduate i do not like will farrell i think his yeah. movies are bad factor
1: in the uh, the alumni that had their star hollywood parents pay for their education
2: <laughs> there's a lot we could talk about here but for usc hate week i will not mention will Farrell. uh snoop Dogg is also a fan he's off my most listened to playlist this week uh, i will not do anything that affiliates myself with that piss poor university in los angeles
1: which by the way i must say it's monday at 5 30 p.m and you haven't sent any rascally tweets yet so i'm going to request live on the podcast as people hear
2: you get up yeah. to your
1: fucking Bullshit.
0: Yeah, it's hate week, buddy. Let's go.
2: I I had to stump for John Sop first. Punters are people too. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, Fair while, enough. While we talk about the the game against the Los Angeles seven on seven team, uh, I'll, I'll leave the floor to you guys first, and we will uh, we'll go from there.
0: I do have some notes if you would like to hear them. Hit them fire away, buddy. Well, okay, so I know our thing is to downplay our opponents and beef up the Irish, but there's no way around it. USC has a very, very good offense. It's not Alabama 2020 scary because they did that in the SEC. These guys are doing it in a glorified group of five conference. Um, But it's a very good offense. They have the third most points for per game over 42. Uh, They're second in total yards per game. Uh, defensively, however, they're not great. Uh, they give up the six, uh, they're 65th in points, um, allowed. And in particular, they give up almost 150 rushing yards a game, which is going to be a key part of Notre Dame strategy. Of course. Um, if you look at kind of the The analytics, interestingly, ESPN's FBI has USC as the 14th team in the country, and Notre Dame is the 16th team in the country. Although SP Plus has USC at 14 and Notre Dame at 38. So there's a little bit of variety there, but I think this game was a lot closer than people would think at the start. Uh USC's obviously had a really good season, but they've only played two really good teams. Obviously, Utah, really strong. They lost that game close. Um, and they beat UCLA close. So it's not that USC's played nobody, but it, they certainly haven't played what we've had to play. So the records, I don't think, reflect necessarily how good the teams are. Um, Caleb Williams, though, man, he's a problem. He's emerged himself as the front runner for the Heisman Trophy. He's got 33 passing touchdowns, seven running touchdowns. He's got threat with his leg as well. He's got 300 rushing yards. Um, his QBR is over 85. It's fourth in the country. And then just you look at those weapons he's got. They got two running backs that they like to use, um, Dye and Jones. They both have – one has 800 yards, one has 400 yards. They've both got plenty of touchdowns. USC is scoring – at a tremendous rate this year and they got a deadly trio of receivers you got addison washington and mario williams all of them have at least 500 receiving yards and four touchdowns and addison has eight touchdowns so it's a really good offense they're supported by an offensive line that's been nominated for the joe moore award i know that's been controversial whether or not they've deserved that but they're nominated um and defensively they got one monster uh, um i'm gonna botch the name but it's Teo Pulotu, defensive has 11.5 sacks this year. And they have forced 18 interceptions, which is kind of crazy. Notre Dame has only forced nine. So that's kind of my breaking down what USC's got going. It's, it's a dynamite offense. They're really, really talented. And there's some skill on the defense, one player in particular, but the secondary is playing well as a group. So I hope in two and a half minutes there, I just kind of broke down that whole team for you. Um, they played games close lately. They've been a lot of, in a lot of close games. You can run on them. But it is a good offense, and there's no way around that.
2: Injured, uh, he will no longer be playing for the rest of the season. He was injured against Colorado, uh, so with that, he is out. Um,
1: who is who is this player that's injured and out for the rest of the season? Travis Dye. Uh He did
2: something to his leg against Colorado.
1: Okay, so now that's why they're they're down to their uh, their next two running backs. Um, cool. Yeah, I mean, what stands out to me and what's the most concerning is the 300 yards of running and the seven rushing touchdowns, uh, you know, that Caleb Williams has. Because it's just we've seen time and time again, uh, Notre Dame, unfortunately, uh, when we when we do get beat in in, by big time QBs, they tend to be a bit more mobile. Um, So, I I mean, I think that we do still have speed and talent and, and we can probably at least fill a lot of gaps with our guys up front with, with, you know, the offensive line we're going against, but man, oh man, it, it, if it's, uh, if we're up by, you know, less than six points, you know, and they have the ball with two minutes left, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be shitting a brick. Uh, so oh, that's no. why it's, <laughs> it's going to be important that, you know, we can just keep them out of the game and just get ahead early and just keep them out. and, just run run the damn ball down their throats in my, but uh, I'll, I'll open to you, Mr. Wagon. What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, you're all crazy. And it's not you two that I'm talking about right now is I'm talking to all the fans and our listeners uh, thinking that USC will pose a legitimate threat to Notre Dame. Uh, They've regressed the entire season. Like, and this isn't me being hyperbolic or anything. It's me being truthful. Uh, they've regressed each week of the season, starting from the Rice game onward, where they blew Rice out, uh, they blew Stanford out, they blew Fresno State out without the best quarterback in the nation, Jake Hayner. Uh He got injured in that game. They beat Oregon State by three, Arizona State by seventeen, Washington State by sixteen, USC by—I'm uh, sorry, Utah beat them by one. They beat Arizona by eight, Cal by six. Colorado doesn't count and UCLA by 3. In each of these games you're looking at the stats, the passing has done well. But after that, all they have is Caleb Williams. I guess Jordan Addison's also very good, but they don't have a rushing. But how can. have
1: uh Belitnikov
2: you know talent level wide receivers fared
1: against Notre Dame this season, P? Not
2: not well. We, we've locked down each and every one of them. So you lock down Addison, you can go to Williams. He has 27 catches for 508 yards. But if you can't play complementary football, it's hard to win games. Look at the Navy game. We almost lost that game when they shut down our running attack and our passing attack. We had nothing to go there. Once you can't play complementary football, it's all over. So I'm really now worried about what's going on because they're going to have a game plan for them. Uh, we have a good defense. All our defensive guys. Brandon Joseph is coming back. They're all probable for the game, and their defense. Their defense is bad. Like I, I put out a a statement today when I did some math uh, early in the morning. You, uh, we'll just read the numbers here. USC has let opponents throw for 257 yards for them. They're averaging one and a half touchdowns let off and one point six interceptions a game. Uh, USC is taking away at 1.6, should I say. They're also giving up 147 yards of rushing, and they've given up two rushing touchdowns in eight of the 11 games this year. They're passing at 330.8 yards a clip, but they're only rushing for 182. You shut down Caleb Williams, they're not going to have a run game. It's very similar to UNC. It's very similar to what Clemson tried to do. And, you know, you look at Notre Dame. Notre Dame opponent averages here. They uh, were only allowing 186.8 yards a game, 1.5 touchdowns, uh, and 130 yards on the ground. We've only given up two or more passing touchdowns in five games. Four of them had two touchdowns. One of them had five. That was Drake May, who may very well be invited to New York. So overall, people may think that it's really a problem with Caleb Williams, and it is. But they should be worried about our three-headed beast and I hate to say it, but also Drew Pine.
0: I think this game is going to come down to the USC offensive line against the Notre Dame defensive line, because you're going to have to get pressure on Caleb Williams. If you give him all day in the pocket, people are going to get open eventually. Now, you'll have to also have a, usually a man spy him because he is a threat with his legs. So it's going to be very interesting. But if you can whip that offensive line, if you can bring your pressure and force him to make uncomfortable throws, if you could take away the run game, then I think you could Clemson them, which is neuter them offensively. You saw that with DJ Yungalele and Dabo Sweeney's offense, right? It was not very pretty. And I think Notre Dame has the ability to do that, but you're going to have to beat their offensive line. On the flip side, you're going to have to keep pace with them, which I don't – I'm not really worried about because (laughs) we got one of the best offensive lines in the country, and we're running it at a ridiculous rate recently. On top of that, Drew Pine is efficient when he needs to be. Like, it's not like uh, we're operating with a quarterback who can't throw the ball. He's been fine. He's been – like, what is he, 8-1 as a starter? Um, You know, he can make those plays. Also, USC's defense has been pretty vulnerable to tight ends. That's, uh, I think, in a few games huh. this year they've been. So, whoops, <laughs> a little bit well, of a match Oh, boy, there. oh, boy,
1: did I have news for them.
0: <laughs> so, I think you can't exploit them that way, and if they try to take Marrow to the game, well, you've got other options. So, I think offensively I'm not too worried, as long as the offensive line does what it does and gets Notre Dame moving down the field. I like it. It's just, can you slow down that, that USC offense that's and, yeah. obviously architected by Lincoln-Riley.
2: Yes, you can, because they they haven't seen... The Pac-12 is just the Big 12 with sunnier weather. They, they can't stop the run. All they want to do is throw the ball all day. They don't play defense in the Pac-12. Uh, they're allowing 4.6 yards per carry. Control the clock. Don't huddle. Don't no huddle and just run the ball down their throat. Keep them on the field. This should be the inverse of Ohio State here. And then, you know, you got to get to Caleb Williams. The teams that either beat or came close to beating them sacked him eight times total. So if he has time, yes, that's that's concerning. But, you know, we have one of the best defensive coordinators in the country in coming up with blitzes. There was that one blitz against BC where the corner came off the edge and nearly killed the quarterback. He hit him so hard. It was just concerning at one point. Uh, and the one thing that we have that they don't, we have a very good special teams unit. You know, we can block a punt. John Sott can put him in uncomfortable areas. So John Sott's going to have a big game. Blake Groupie, he's going to come back. He's in in his own element right now. And uh, as long as we don't let anyone behind and get burnt that way, we're just fine. We are just fine.
0: I think if there's any USC fans listening kind of expecting a blowout or something, like they're going to hang 50 points, I would just like to point out that we played Ohio State. CJ Stroud, pretty equivalent to your quarterback. The offense there is just as good. We played at Ohio State, which is, let's be honest, a tougher environment than the Coliseum. There's gonna be about 20% Notre Dame fans in LA. It'll be your first sellout of the year. Congratulations. Um Ohio is a little more hostile, and that game was close. Notre Dame led for three quarters. Don't come in expecting Notre Dame to roll over in this game. Notre Dame's going to fight very, very Hard and on top of that it's a talented team people forget this it's (laughs) they're one bad series against Marshall and Stanford away from being in the playoff discussion and I know that's two games fair enough you know they they lost those games that's why we're not in the playoff discussion but this is a really good football team and it's a team that is going to physically dominate USC and they're going to cause USC problems USC is going to cause us problems this is a really good game and it's the first meaningful game i would say since 2017 for both teams both teams then were one loss but that was in october um since then this would be the biggest game since what 2005 for the for at least one of them has a playoff shot we have a new year six bowl shot i'm hoping this rivalry gets even better to the point where we're at multiple teams with uh with playoff aspirations but one does and if you don't think we're going to try to roll into la and take that away from you uh you've got another thing coming.
2: Uh, 2006 was the last time both teams have been ranked at the Coliseum at the end of the year. Uh, we won't talk about how that game went, uh, but overall, uh, you know, we can get them out. It may allow a backdoor for Clemson or Bama, but I don't care. Eliminate USC and play for whatever we get.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, at least, I not much more to add. You know, we've we've kind of. Sp- highlighted that it's it's ultimately going to come down to trench warfare can we put the pressure on williams uh and then you know can our can our offensive line push enough to just retain possession keep our defense off the field keep their defense on the field you know uh get them tired use the stable of running backs you know the recipes there i mean the 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 basically the, the blueprint is clemson uh, I just think that we are going to have an opportunity to pass just a little bit more, obviously, against USC. So take that into consideration, Tommy. We know you're listening, friend of the program. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it's absolutely within reason to see that Notre Dame has a, a fighter's chance in this game. And this is absolutely going to be the best defense that USC plays all year long, uh, assuming that they they don't make the playoff if if that were the case. So um how, it, is there any other closing thoughts that you guys had, or do we want to make any sort of predictions? Because I do quite frankly, I'm feeling pretty good about this one.
2: Yeah, I think we're gonna have outrageous fun. Uh, that's a shout out to another alumni, Beck Bennett and Kyle Mooney of USC. We're gonna have outrageous fun, and uh, you know Notre Dame's gonna come out to be champions. Uh, Caleb Williams is gonna look like Gumby at the end of the game. Another alumni there, the creator of Gumby went to USC, and uh, we're gonna—they're gonna learn like they're on the reading rainbow. Bavar LeVar Burden also went to USC. Look at that. Three more alumni references in my last sentence here. Uh, I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them for the bush push. I hate Lincoln Riley. I don't like the horse. I don't like the guy who rides on the horse. Uh, I, I could go on and on. I don't like that they're in L.A. and they refuse to come to South Bend in November. Uh, I don't like their colors. I just plain don't like them, guys. Just plain don't like them. Fair enough. They're very unlikable, in my opinion. Dylan, you're on mute.
0: Oh, Dylan. That's funny. I was just trying to think of an OJ Simpson pun, but it's probably best if I don't. So, (laughs) you know. Don't want to kill the the mood.
2: Can I, uh, I said, can I say said. Uh you, you,
0: uh you cut it off. You cut it off. <laughs> Steve, I said I don't want to kill the mood.
1: That's my fault.
0: Ugh.
1: I fucked that one up.
0: Oh, good. Good. Uh, uh,
2: good. Real quick about USC special teams. This was a stat that I pulled up. Yeah, Dylan, I'm a stat guy now. Uh, the Trojans <laughs> are ranked 126 in S&P+. Ah. They haven't allowed any block punts this season, uh, but they've only punted 26 times overall. Uh, they're going to have a punter who does not know how to punt. Uh, their kicker, he's perfect for extra points, but it's 12 of 18 on field goal attempts. Uh, he's two for two from 29, 20 to 29. He's three for eight from 30 to 39, but he's perfect from 40 to 49. Uh, so force field goals, Get them to pump once or twice, we're, we're, they're due to have a block pump. Uh, that, that's it, that, that's why I got there.
0: Love it, seems like an advantage for us. I'd love to end this regular season with another punt block. Imagine if we, M- Michigan, stated
1: them. <laughs> Imagine if a situation where all they had to do was get a fucking punt off in order to basically lock up the playoffs and <laughs> fucking block it and take it back. That would be unbelievable.
2: <laughs> I want to see a fake punt. I want to see John Sot run. Get him the first down. Also shout out Jay Bramblett. a few weeks ago. He ran a fake punt from his own 20, uh, for a first down. And I got a ton of love from LSU fans for that, which was super weird. But, uh, Shout out fair end of the program, Jay Bramblett. Uh, I want to see John Sop do the same thing. Let he can run. He was a baseball player in high school. He, he can run, Brian, because you're listening as well. Let John Cook let him run one.
0: Yeah, or like fake a pass. That'd be wicked.
2: <clears throat> Love it. Uh, so yeah, that's our quick USC recap. Let's let's do one thing, Dylan.
0: Mm.
1: for old time's sake in five seconds i'm gonna ask that you reveal the score that you think is gonna end should we should we do a score prediction just for uh for the new listeners back uh, for the last couple of seasons me and dylan basically have like the same exact guess every single week it's kind of scary and we never prehearse it at all whatsoever so dylan score prediction in five four three
0: two one Notre Dame, 38, USC,
1: 21. <laughs> I said 38-28. <laughs> oh,
0: that's so close. You do it everybody.
1: again. We're always within a score of one another. So uh, you heard it here first. Notre Dame's going to win. We're going to finish off 9-3. and three. We're heading to a playoff, and uh, we're just going to take care of business this upcoming Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on ABC in the Coliseum in that dog shit city out west. All I have to say is go Irish, love this team, support the quarterback and the OC. Let's go. How
2: about you guys? Go Irish, beat Trojans. Dylan, congratulations (laughs) to your Toronto Argonauts for winning the Grey Cup.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hate that you said that because, one, I don't care about the CFL, but two, to the extent that I do, I don't cheer for the Toronto Argonauts. I cheer for the team in Edmonton, but... You know, I'll let that one slide. Uh, did, did you have something else there or were you done?
2: Uh, I do want to say that Notre Dame did have a player on the Toronto Argonauts who won the Grey Cup last night. Uh, and it was a name that we should all know, all know and love. Uh, Devaris Daniels he's a, a Grey Cup champion. So they uh, yeah. owe no Irish. Vote John Sod on the Ray Guy Award website. We'll tweet it every day. Vote for Sod. It's the most important vote in November. Vote for him, vote for him, vote for him. Go Irish, beat Trojans. Dylan, all the way in the Emerald Isle, you get the last word of the evening.
0: Well, I can tell you that I've never drunk more in my life in the span of three months. Um, <laughs> it, it definitely rivals my first year of university. In fact, it definitely beats my first year of university. Um, definitely going to have to go for a run when I get home to work off all the beer. Um I'm going to be in a hostel in Killarney on Saturday. So hopefully that is some good luck for whatever reason. Um, But I will be watching it, no doubt. It will be 12.30 kickoff for me in the morning. We'll go to bed at 4. And uh, it will be a sweet, sweet victory for the Irish. As always, we'll beat the Trojans because we're their daddy. They know it. And that's not going to change under Marcus Freeman. So go Irish, beat SC.